you know, we've talked about different restrictions and lockdowns and all the rest. And uh, if you want to take a look at the most severe instances, I think you got Ontario with shutting everything down, and you've got Quebec with not only shutting a lot of things down, but bringing back their curfew. Yeah, they did it again. Uh, it came in on New Year's Eve, province-wide, from 8 p.m. or um, 10 p.m. Uh, till 5 a.m. So you're not allowed out on the streets of Quebec between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. province-wide. Obviously, huge backlash. To me, it seems crazy. Like, uh, it seems over the top. Um, about as, you know, as strict as you can possibly go. And I don't know about the benefit. But regardless... Um, there's a lot of questions and a lot of people very concerned about what it does in terms of handing over tremendous power to the police. So we're going to have a discussion about that. Joining us is Dr. Christopher Schneider, who's a professor of sociology at Brandon University. Uh, Dr. Schneider, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. So these this curfew that came in, a couple of things that I, you know, I mean, one of your major concerns in the piece that you put together on the conversation is, is talking about the, the, the tremendous level of officer discretion that this sort of brings into the system and the, the, the power of discretion that it gives police officers. Let's talk about that. When we talk about police discretion, um, what exactly are we talking about? Well, police discretion essentially is uh, who the officer decides to stop when and how what kinds of questions to ask to any kinds of people, uh, the ways in which officers happen upon individuals. And the one of the basic concerns here, even outside of the pandemic and pandemic restrictions that some have called are draconian in places like Quebec, as you know, to the top of the segment, is that discretion is largely uh, unregulated uh, at the individual level, the police officer level, and there's very little oversight of individual officers and subsequently very little accountability. And whether or not, say, body-worn cameras are going to change some of this remains to be seen. But as it is now, there's, there's very little oversight, and this is incredibly problematic. Um, you know, there's going to be discretion in any form of law enforcement, and there should be. I think I don't think anybody would argue that, you know, we wouldn't want to have an officer making the odd judgment call now and again. Why does it change in the instance of the curfew? Why is it too much um, in this instance? Well, these are good points you bring up. So people, when faced with the prospect of, say, artificial intelligence and RoboCop, they say, well, wait a minute, police discretion is okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, the, the problem here is that, you know, with, with the curfew, police officers can stop anybody for any reason they see out in the streets from 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. And, you know, the listeners might be saying, well, okay, the government has said no one's allowed out, so what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. There are two things. Uh, one... Police officers are not allowed, or are not able, rather, to stop all the persons, right? They just don't have the resources. There aren't that many police officers. So this is one area of discretion where they, have, they choose some people they're going to, say, stop and talk to, and maybe others they're not. So if somebody is dressed as, uh, you know, in a suit, three-piece suit, they look like a banker, they're in a residential area, perhaps they might not stop them. If it's a 19-year-old kid who appears to be drunk, uh, perhaps they might stop him. Uh, there are some reasons, legitimate reasons, that the government has said people are allowed to be out. For example, people who are employed. You know, myself, 20, 25 years ago or so, I worked third shift at a hotel. Mm -hmm. So I would, have been, I would have been allowed to be out, right? Or people walking their dogs, for example. The issue here with discretion, and the research paper I published about pandemic policing, draws from an academic research paper published in 1978 by an organizational scholar named John Van Manen. His paper has a very provocative title. It's a word for jerk, 
but it's not a word we can say on the radio. Okay. Uh, we can figure out what I'm saying, right? And, and the idea is that uh, any sort of um, person who ignores officer commands uh, is recognized as a moral transgression and subsequently does not go unanswered by said officer. So in other words, say there's somebody who has a perfectly legitimate reason to be out in the streets. They're going to their job. The police officer approaches them, wants to question them, and that person is basically, you know, buzz off. Maybe mm-hmm. there's other choice language that, that's given to the police officer. That's not going to go unanswered. And the police officer is going to respond. Sometimes they might use force. And this gives rise to what's referred to as ex post facto legal accounts that are used to uh, cover a police officer's uh, rear end after the situation. This is the police officer's assessment of what happened after it is when it happened. And these accounts, everyone's familiar with them. We see them in news media regularly. Here are a couple. Assaulting a police officer, disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace, and resisting arrest. And this could be anything like resisting arrest, for example, can be walking away. Right? So if a police officer approaches somebody in Quebec, they have a legal reason to be out. The person says, buzz off. Maybe there's some other choice of language again. They continue walking away. The police officer is offended. It's a moral transgression. I'm placing you under arrest, and now you're walking away from me? That's resisting arrest. I can charge you with that. Okay, but you, they could, I mean, sure, the new bylaw or law of being out during the curfew is new, but they could do that anyway. You know, you, if a police officer, if I'm walking down the street and a police officer wants to talk to me about whatever they decide they want to talk to me about, and I say, you know, screw off and I keep walking, I'm subject to the same sort of treatment, am I not? Yes, you are. And, and this is one of the issues here. This is the broader issue. What, what do we do? They're not easy uh, answers about police discretion, right? Because if you're violating the law, that's one thing. If you uh, upset or right. anger a police officer and then they act out on their anger, that's inappropriate. And right now we have very little oversight in, in how we are to regulate or even let alone understand, uh, monitor and track those transgressions. And, you know, what about the fact that what we're talking about people being charged with or being, um, you know, initiating the encounter with police in the first place is completely legal activities. I mean, like you say, it, it could be somebody going to work or, you know, even if it's somebody who's not supposed to be out, they're out for a walk and they don't have a good reason to be out for a walk. Now, literally, they're in violation of the law for an activity that two weeks ago was completely legal. Does that muddy the waters? It does money the waters, and particularly in relation to uh, populations that are already over-policed. Uh, and other people have pointed this out. There are, are scholars and other people in Quebec who have said, hey, wait a minute. And this would be somebody, homeless individuals, um, you know, maybe street-based sex workers, uh, other marginalized people. I mean, consider homeless people. So, yeah. I mean, a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, they're down on their luck, and then now they're, they're, their very presence is illegal, is illegal, and they're down on their luck. Super problematic. Uh, how do we fix it? Like you say, I mean, we don't want to remove all discretion, I don't think, but how do we go about making this, uh, you know, a, a workable situation, aside from getting rid of the ridiculous curfew? Well, this, my friend, is the million-dollar question. Yeah. Um, you know, scholars have been debating this for, for many decades, and the short answer is we really don't know, right? Because the, the two extremes are, on the one hand, uh, we have RoboCop, and we program AI, and in fact, AI is already working itself into various aspects of policing. Um, but, but people are generally hesitant to go full artificial intelligence. Um, and we've largely left this up to the individual discretion of police officers. A- an area here of how we may fix it, as I already mentioned, 
could be the possibility of body worn cameras um, if you know they were running all the time and officer discretion could be monitored. But then questions become who gets to monitor it? Are they police administrators? Are there a third party? Uh, so there are far more questions, not only about discretion, but then how to control discretion than we have answers for at this time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, tough one. Um, thank you so much for your time, Doc. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. That's Dr. Christopher Schneider, a professor of sociology at Brandon University. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.